So in this episode, I want to explain how jazz works harmonically. I want to show you how to do a basic harmonic analysis of any jazz song, which might be in your real book. So if you just open your real book or find a lead sheet to any jazz song, you can actually understand what the composer's doing just by having some basic understanding, which we're going to go through this in this lesson, of two five ones, of key signatures, of an understanding of the home key, and branching out into different keys, modulation. So in this episode, I'm gonna show you how harmonic analysis works and how to make sense of any jazz song. So first, let me explain how jazz works harmonically. As a composer, you want to start and end in the same key. That's generally a good guideline. I don't want to call it a rule, but it almost is a rule. The vast majority of jazz songs, if you open them, they're going to start and end in the same key. And this key is called the home key. So in jazz music, we start and we end in the home key. And we might actually come back to the home key several times throughout the music. For example, the end of the A section, we might land back in the home key. We might land back there several times throughout the music. But certainly the beginning and the end of the song is very likely going to be starting and ending in the same key. Now, in jazz, we modulate often. Modulate means change key. And we use the 2-5-1 chord progression to change key. So we might start in C major. So we have a song we're starting in C major. That's our home key. Well, it's unlikely that the composer is going to stay in our key of C major for any more than three chords. We might get to 2-5-1, D minor 7, G7, C major 7. But after that, we would expect the music to modulate to a new key. And there's not really any rules for which key a composer has to go to in jazz. Other styles of music, yes, there's clear rules like classical music. You usually go up a fifth or down a fifth. Or you'll go to the relative major or the relative minor. Other styles of music are more strict. But with jazz, there's really complete freedom to just jump to a new key. And to establish that key, the composer will usually play a 2-5-1. So let's say we start with a 2-5-1 in our home key of C major. So D minor 7, G7, C major 7. Then we could just jump to a new key. We could play F minor 7, B flat dominant 7, going to E flat major 7. So what did I do there? F minor 7, B flat 7, E flat major 7, well that's a 2-5-1 in which key? We'll just wait for the one chord on the end. E flat major 7 means it's a 2-5-1 in E flat major. And the way you spot a 2-5-1 is you have to see these three chord types, minor 7, dominant 7, major 7, and you have to see the root notes fitting the 2-5-1 pattern, which is the 2 chord going up a 4th, to the 5 chord and then go down a 5th to the 1 chord. So you have to count that interval pattern. But if you see an F minor 7 going up a 4th to a B flat dominant 7 and then coming down a 5th to a major 7 chord, E flat major 7, well that is a major 2-5-1 in the key of E flat major. Next, the composer could jump to a new key. They could just play a flat minor 7, D flat dominant 7, going to G flat major 7, that would be a 2-5-1 in G flat major. 
and they could do this several times, but when we get to the end of the A section, it's likely that they're going to want to bring it back and end with a 2-5-1 back in the home key, which would be C major. So as you look through your real book, you'll see this happen. You'll see the composer starts in the home key, then they'll use a series of 2-5-1s in different keys to modulate and take the music through several different keys, and then they'll start bringing it back to the home key again. And you'll probably end with a 2-5-1 back in the home key, certainly at the end of the song, but also at the end of the A section, it's quite likely you'll get a 2-5-1 back in the home key. Now, sometimes composers will use the complete 2-5-1, which means all three chords. But sometimes you'll just get a 2-5, so D minor 7, G dominant 7, and then they might just modulate and just jump to a new key, play E minor 7, A dominant 7, just for an example. So they might just play a 2-5, you don't always get the complete 2-5-1, because jazz composers like to modulate often, that's one of the ways we create this sophisticated style of music, it's by continually changing key. Three chords in a row is a long time to stay in one key for jazz, so we're constantly trying to change key, and sometimes we just don't hang around long enough to play all three chords of the 2-5-1. Sometimes you just get a 2-5, other times you might just get a 5-1. So here, in Stomping at the Savoy, we have a 5-1. We have C dominant 7, going to F major 7. So we don't have a 2-5. So we don't have a complete 2-5-1, which would be G minor 7, the 2 chord, C dominant 7, going to F major 7. Here we just get a 5-1. And likewise with the 2-5, a good example would be Satin Doll. We just get 2-5, D minor 7, going to G dominant 7 and repeating. We don't get a resolution to C major 7, at least not at the beginning. It then goes to a new key. have an E minor 7 chord going to an A dominant 7 chord. What does that tell you about the music? Well that's just a 2-5, so E minor 7 going up a fourth to A dominant 7. This would be in the key of which scale? Well if A is the 5 chord, we're going to go down a fifth from A, brings us to D, so D major is the key at this point, but it's going to keep changing. We then have an A minor 7, and the composer works back to the home key because we end back on this C major 7 chord, which was the home key. Remember, we started with this 2 5 in C major. So D minor 7. Going to G dominant 7. So the composer starts in the home key of C major, even though they don't actually play 
a C major 7 chord. This is the 2, 5, but then at the end we have an A flat minor 7, going to a D flat dominant 7, again that's a 2, 5, in the key of G flat major. We don't get the 1 chord, it's just a 2, 5, and then the composer goes to C major 7, the one chord of the home key. So this is typically how jazz music works. We start in the home key, we then go out on an adventure through different keys, and we use the 2-5-1 to just modulate quickly. Sometimes we just do a 2-5, sometimes we just do a 5-1. But then towards the end of the A section, our focus turns to getting back to the home key, and we'll try to come up with sometimes a logical way to get back to the one chord of the home key. Sometimes that's just working backwards up a fifth each time. Quite often in jazz we like to do these cycle of fifths or where we keep resolving down a fifth each time. Or in this case, the composer uses tritone substitution, which I'm not actually going to get into in this lesson. But that's another way, if you know tritone substitution, that's another way which you can bring the music back to the home key. So how do you figure out what the home key is of a song? Well, if you come from classical music, like I do, there's a common way to tell what key a piece of music is in, and that is to look at the key signature, or at least that's part of the process, because the key signature will tell you what key the music's in. Now, this works better for classical music, because in classical music, you tend to stay in the same key for a longer period of time, sometimes four or eight bars, or even 16 bars, that's common in classical music. But in jazz, we continually modulate, we change key often, every three chords or less. So in jazz, we still get a key signature, so we can actually use the key signature, that's gonna tell us what the home key is, usually. But we also want to look at the start and the ending chord, because it's quite common for jazz composers to start on the one chord, and certainly end on the one chord. It's more common to end on the one chord. Already we've seen an example of a song that didn't start on the one chord. Here in Satin Doll, we're starting on the two chord, so two, five, two, five. So sure, some songs will start on the one chord, but don't take that too seriously. Really, it's the ending chord that carries more weight. It's very common, very common, like, 99 point something percent of jazz songs are going to end on the one chord of the home key. So if it's a major key, it's going to be a major one chord, a major seven chord probably. And if it's a minor song, it's going to be the minor one chord. Probably a minor, I don't know, it could actually be a minor six chord, a minor seven chord, or a minor major seven chord. So you can look at the ending chord, and that's going to help you decide what the home key is but you also want to look at the key signature. So if the key signature is spelt using sharps, there's a trick which is just to look at the last sharp in the key signature and to go up a half step and that will tell you the major scale that that key signature represents. So if there's just an F sharp for the key signature, what would the key be? Well, you would take the F sharp, you just count up a half step and it would bring you to G, so that would mean G major scale 
is the key that has just an F sharp. So that's the trick with sharp keys, and it works for as many sharps as there are, if there's five sharps even. You can just take the last sharp and just count up a half step, and it will tell you what the major scale is. And then for flat keys, it's a similar trick. You just look at the last flat, and that's going to be the fourth of the major scale. So if you have just a B flat in the key signature, then you want to count down a fourth. What note is a fourth below B flat? It's going to be F. So F major scale is the scale that just has a B flat. So that's the technique you can use. You can also combine that with looking at the ending chord. But here's the thing. Every key signature represents both a major scale and a minor scale. These are called relative major and minor scales. So the song could be in a major key, and most of the time it will be in jazz. Most songs are more on the major side. However, sometimes that key signature will actually be specifying a minor key, so once you've found the major scale, you next want to find the relative minor scale, and to do that you just count down a minor third from the major scale's root note. So with our example just here, we had a B flat. So first of all we found the major scale, which is F, F major scale. So this song is either in F major, or it is in the relative minor scale, we're going to count down a minor third from F, which brings us to, that's right, D minor scale. D minor scale also has a B flat. So how do you figure out whether it's F major or D minor? Well, this is where you look at the ending chord. If it ends on an F major seven chord, then the song is in F major, whereas if it ends on a D minor chord, any type of D minor, whether it's a D minor 6, or just a standard D minor 7, well that means the song is in D minor. So that's how you can use the key signature and the ending chord to tell you what the home key is. And let's just go back to a sharp key example. Let's say we have F sharp and C sharp in the key signature. Which two scales could that mean? Well, the last sharp would be a C sharp in the key signature of F sharp, C sharp. So C sharp, first of all, let's find the major scale. We do that by counting up a half step from C sharp. So it's either D major, or it's a relative minor scale. What relative minor scale of D? Well, we're going to count down a minor third from D, which brings us to B. So it's either D major or B minor. Then how do we find out which one it is? That's right, we look at the ending chord, and possibly the starting chord of the song, but certainly the ending chord, if it's a B minor, that means it's in the relative minor scale of B minor. If it's a D major chord, then it's in the key of D major. 
So that's how you can figure out the home key. And then in between, you want to look out for the 251s. Most of the time, it's going to be the major 251. And you're either going to get all three chords of a major 251. Those three chords are going to be a minor 7 chord, the 2 chord, which goes up a 4th, to a dominant 7 chord, and then goes down a 5th to a major 7 chord. So you want to be able to count that interval pattern from any note so that when you see it in a real book or a lead sheet, the chord symbols above the music, you can identify, oh, okay, that's a 2-5-1 in the key of G major, for example. So you can use that knowledge to identify the 2-5-1s. You can actually write in pencil above the sheet music if you want to do a proper harmonic analysis. Just draw a line over each key change. So when you see a 2-5-1 in a different key, you can draw a line above it. You can even do it color-coded if you want. But you can specify that these three chords are in the key of G major. We saw an A minor 7, D dominant 7, G major 7, for example. And then the composer will continue to modulate. They'll play 2-5-1s. Sometimes they'll just be 2-5s. Sometimes they'll just be five ones. And occasionally they'll just be something that just doesn't fit into this pattern. Composers can just do what they want at the end of the day. They'll probably be about 10% of the chords that just are just there. And there's not necessarily a reason that you can put on why those chords are chosen. It's just the composer composing music. So for the most part, start in the home key, end in the home key, and then two five ones or partial two five ones that modulate through different keys. So that is how jazz music works. And the homework for today is to go to your real book. If you don't have a real book, I highly recommend you get one. It's really the only piece of equipment you need to learn jazz piano. And just get a nice collection of jazz songs that you can work on and apply techniques to. So yeah, just choose a few songs, go through them, do your own harmonic analysis. Especially I want you to figure out the home key and to do that for, let's say, at least three songs. But if you really want to get good at this, do at least 10 songs and figure out the key for each song, write, write it down in pencil. And then I want you to identify the modulations and the two five ones that the composer uses. And I'd like to invite you to download some of my free sheet music, which I've put together specially for the podcast. You can go to jazztutorial.com forward slash podcast. And you can download a series of PDF sheet music, which I've put together. There's my chord symbol reference guide, which shows you all of the chord symbols that you need to know for jazz. And I've notated some of my favorite chord progressions. You can download my 23 sweet chord progressions sheet music. Not only does it come with some really nice chord progressions, but I've notated all of the chord voicings which I use as well. So these are some really valuable pieces of sheet music and you can download them for free over at jazztutorial.com forward slash podcast. So that's www.jazztutorial.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>